What's up, y'all, and welcome back to In the Wild. And it is our last episode of 2023. And we got some very special guests to come talk to us a little bit because it's graduation season. And who better to have than our student commencement speaker? So give a big, warm Jaguar welcome to Justin Goddard and Nepali Geary. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Great to have you back. Welcome to In the Wild. Um, how does it feel to be at the finish line at this point in the semester? You can go first. Uh, yeah, it feels great. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this day since the very beginning, and it's kind of just like a relief that we made it, and it's time to go in our new paths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, a surreal feeling just because I'm having a process that, like, once I graduate, like, there is no coming back, and especially in the winter semester, that you know you always think, okay, January comes, we're back for the spring, but there won't be that. Mm. So I'm trying to get my brain to understand that. Dapali, uh, for you, you mentioned that you're part of the master's program in nursing, yes. which is an accelerator program. So mm -hmm. how's it been coming from California to Augusta? It's been like a new experience. So I was the type of person who said I won't go anywhere. I just want to stay home where my friends and family are. So when I first came out here, it was a little bit, I was nervous, I was anxious, um, but I was very welcomed by the individuals in Augusta and Georgia itself. So I feel like that was the most impactful um, experience that I had. And with that being the start, it really helped me throughout my journey in this program. I'm glad that you really had a positive experience overall. And how has your perspective on the nursing field evolved over the past 16 months that you've, you've been here? Yes, so I definitely got to learn a lot. Um, with it being a challenging program, we also get hands-on experience in the hospital. So we see various perspectives of patient care and how there's teamwork is actually very something to emphasize in our role. And working with others is really important because that's how we emphasize the quality patient care. And for you, Justin, your digital marketing, um, what would you say is a lesson that you learned that would be very valuable for other students who want to get into the digital marketing space? That's a good question. I'd say for sure, um, kind of the advice that I've given someone in the past is to just be a sponge and just kind of soak up information and especially because digital marketing is a, a new field that's being taught in schools, but just overall a new field in general. Um, there's just so much learning that's involved with that. So to just be a sponge and try to soak up as much information, but also be like adaptable because, you know, even for an example with social media um, or social media marketing trends that are popular six months ago are not popular today. So the world and digital marketing is just always changing. So just to really be adaptable. So in terms of like classes and coursework, how did your program kind of prepare you for the ever-evolving change that is the digital world? Yeah, so um, freshman year, you know, you kind of have more of a business focus. So that'll be things like, you know, your resume building, cover letters, um, things like that. And then once you get up into your junior level classes, those are going to be more of your digital marketing focus. So I've had classes like a strategic management, um, obviously an intro to digital marketing and even a social media marketing. So I loved those classes because 
instead of just learning and just getting a lecture on like this is what this is this is what this isn't we actually had a few classes where our projects or our finals for an example were hands-on so in our social media marketing class we actually got to spend half of the semester by creating a social media account um, and pretty much running it as if we were our own business in a sense and so everything from the marketing the graphic design you know the the video and the editing and then just content planning so just getting or getting to really have like a hands-on experience really helped me a lot so i'm glad that you had a positive experience as well like uh hearing some of the stuff that you're talking about because you also were pretty involved as well doing a lot of different things uh makes me reminisce a little bit but switching back to <laughs> you Depali, is there a piece of advice that you wish someone had given to you before starting uh, this accelerator program um definitely the way to study now there are various ways to study and i came from a program where i kind of i could do something last minute and still push my way through but with the field of nursing you really have to know everything from the very beginning um, and you work your way up to that and that's how we really keep, stays in your head and you also use a lot of clinical judgment so that's something that I didn't know at all um, until coming to this program. So really emphasizing how you can provide the best nursing judgment to your client, to your patient, um, instead of just studying and memorizing. So that's something I would like to put out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of going off of that, because I feel like in studying, especially when you're in the healthcare, health services field, mm -hmm. like it can be a lot. So what do you yes. usually do to kind of relieve stress? Like, what do you go for comfort when you're not having to study? Um, I actually just like to stay on my own, um, sleeping, relaxing. Um, I try to find some, like, ways I can, you know, be with friends outside of the studying time. Um, usually the friends that I've made here, you know, we're in the same program and we just do group studies, but we try to find ways to you know, go somewhere or like, for example, after every exam, we went to a restaurant to go eat and um, relieve just that anxiety and stress that we had. What is what have been some of your favorite restaurants in Augusta so far? Um, Soleil. OK, I really like that spot. Um, and then. That's pretty much it. I love cafes, so okay. that's definitely I like Eubora. Um, I'm a big coffee fan, so. Going there was really nice. Do you have a go-to comfort food? Mm, not really. Um, I love trying new things. So if I did have a comfort food, I don't know, it would be more like a comfort drink, which is my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Justin? Do you have a go-to like comfort food or spot? Mm. I want to say something. If I'm on the dessert side, maybe like a milkshake. Okay. But if I'm like... I want to go get down and like get food. Maybe like a burger. I'm thinking of whiskey bar. So okay. Something like, like that. Bar. All right. So I have a little fun game that I want to play with y'all. A little old-fashioned never have I ever. So if you can both take one of the little handheld signs here. So I got a couple of questions that I want to go through with y'all. And if you've done it, switch your sign to Jagia. But if you haven't done it, uh, excuse my play on words, but I want y'all to switch it to whole now. Um, okay. So first up, never have I ever pulled an all-nighter during finals week. 
Jagia or Hona? Okay, you said yes. Is it recently or has it been? Um, it was <laughs> during the beginning of the program. Um, pathophysiology was one course that I had extreme difficulty with. I'm just grasping the course and that was our first semester. So my first exam, it was really hard. So when it came to the second exam, I just, I could not sleep. Mm. I was, I kept drinking coffee at night to keep myself awake. But then I realized, you know what, I can't study anymore. I need to go to sleep. I tried to go to sleep, that did not work out. So I was literally in bed just watching lectures on my phone all night. And then mm. it was 4 a.m. And then I was like, you know what, let me just get ready and then I'll study a little bit more on campus and then, but it worked out and then I just slept all day. <laughs> yeah. So you've never? I've came close. Come close? I've started at like maybe 8 o'clock p.m., went until about 2 and was like, you know what, if I know it by now, I know it. If I don't, just give it to God. I understand. <laughs> I've had... I want to say I technically had one like my freshman year, but I got like 30 minutes of sleep. So I'm kind of counting it as an all-nighter because it was like mm -hmm. in the minutes. It wasn't even a full <laughs> hour. Um, and then ironically, the paper that I was working on, uh, my professor extended. He was like, yeah, y'all can turn it in tomorrow. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like, and then more recently, I've had some late nights. I've been up to like 3 a.m. Working on, working on stuff, which has not been fun. Next one. Never have I ever attended a sporting event just for the tailgate at AU. Oh, just for the tailgate. Just for the tailgate. Mm. No, no. Mm -mm. Me neither. That's fine. Um, never have I ever referred to the Somerville campus as the Hill. Harvard on the Hill. Mm. Which, you're on the Hill Sciences campus, so probably not. <laughs> Yeah. Two no's, not surprised there either. But yeah, uh, people often refer to the Somerville campus as the Harvard on the Hill. Uh, never have I ever taken a scenic stroll on the beautiful Somerville campus. You have? Okay, you gotta take, you gotta take one before you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. um, do you take those often, Justin, or just? It's sporadic. I think the last one I did, maybe September-ish. I would like come out of class and me and my friend would just like end up talking. And this recent one was actually to the museum okay. on Somerville, just right around the corner. So we're just like, you know, never been there before. So why not? Why not? And which, I mean, if you're over here, you see all folks from the community strolling around. So mm -hmm. we're very friendly in that way. Next up, never have I ever explored the Augusta Canal or Riverwalk with friends. You have... You have it? I mean, I, yeah, I have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the canal, and I love being able to walk on Riverwalk, especially uh, since Riverwalk is technically connected to the Georgia Cyber Center. Being able to yeah. just, like, yeah. walk in and out, that's been really nice. Never have I ever attended an event just for the chance to snag some free food. <laughs> you both have. Um, is there... An event recently that y'all have really enjoyed, not necessarily for the free food, but. Yeah, we just had um, SLE just put on the end of the year holiday send off. So that was the 30th of November. So okay. like last week, but yeah. I'm going to be honest, I really haven't attended an event, like a school related event. Okay. Um, I wish I had, but no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, as someone in grad school, I get it. You can't. You can always. I just some for some events, some there in person. Um, never have I ever visited the library during finals week for a last minute study session. What is your library of choice? Reese Library, Reese? second floor. Green Ball, yeah. Is it a, a particular floor or spot that you like to study in? Uh, I really like the first floor. Um, when we take our exams, we're actually on the first floor, so oh, cool. I just kind of got used to that area, and um, I usually like to sit at the computers there, um, so that would be nice. I'm, I don't really like to stay in rooms that much. Um, I kind of like to have people around me studying, so it keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. I get it. Never have I ever taken a selfie with Augustus. Aw. Well, mm -hmm. you'll be able to at graduation. Yes. Do you have a bunch <laughs> of selfies with Augustus, or? Uh, I have, like, pictures. I don't know. If, I know the one that I definitely, like, use a lot is, like, a full-body picture. Okay. But I definitely have a selfie with him, too. I don't think I have a selfie, but I do have photos. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is a silly one. Never have I ever uh, snuck into the Blanchard Fountain during warmer weather. I've watched someone do it before, though. Okay. <laughs> I plead the fifth to answering this one. Uh, Never have I ever attended a party or event hosted by a student organization. You have? You haven't. It's okay. We're really okay. boring here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if you were to plan an event, what type of event do you think you would plan mm -hmm. if you had the time? Mm, at Augusta? Mm, our program, we actually did a Christmas party um, last year, and I couldn't attend it. So if I were to do that myself, I would want to do that with the graduate program. Okay. Um, just to see what perspective, because I know graduate school is, you know, always hard. And I haven't experienced, I haven't, like, made any friends that are in a different program other than the nursing program. So it would be nice to get a different perspective of other graduate programs. And last question. Never have I ever discovered a hidden gem or spot on campus that has become my favorite spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite spot? Right outside of Washington Hall. Okay. There's like that small little like court kind of area, but no one's ever there. Mm -hmm. So if I ever want like a debriefing time or like a time to transition from like one event or one thing to another, that's the spot. Um. I wouldn't say it's like a hidden area, but in Ed Commons on the second floor, it's pretty quiet there. Um, so I love being there, especially in the early mornings. Um, after getting some Einsteins, I just sit there for a few hours and just do some schoolwork if I need to, or if I just want to talk or I mean, sit down and just talk to someone, then I'll be there. Ed Commons is nice. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of kind of like hidden gems in Ed Commons. Yeah. Uh, but switching gears a little bit, thanks for playing this game with me. Uh, what led both of you to applying to being uh, speakers for your respective ceremonies? Mm -mm -mm. I'd say for me, I knew I wanted to, let me start off like this. So I kind of think of like my time at AU as like a story. Mm -hmm. And with graduation being like the end of the story, I was thinking like, what can I do 
to really like encapsulate like everything. And obviously you can take grad pictures and do things like that. But I was like, I want to see what thing I can do that like is in a form of a message. And so found the graduate speaker application and then went from there. Um, for me, just, just because of like my background coming from California, I feel like I just wanted to leave the message that if you really unexpect something that's like the big part of your experience so and what it can lead to. Um, I never expected to be here and I just wanted to leave a message that, you know, nothing ever goes what you plan. Um, and then I've made a lot of great memories here and I don't know when I will see these individuals again. So saying that goodbye through a commencement speech would be really nice. Yeah. I'm really excited to hear both of uh, your speeches. Were you surprised at all that you were selected for this opportunity? Yes. You were? Yes. <laughs> uh, what was the, or how did you find out? What was that process like? So for me, I'm not going to lie. The first day after I applied, I was so nervous. Like it was so bad to me to the point to where like, like my heart was beating so fast. Like if I was at work, I would have to get up and like walk around a little bit just to like calm myself down. Cause I just, I guess I wanted it so bad that I was like so nervous about like the decision. And then um, I was actually contacted about the fact that I got it on like a Saturday morning on a time that I wasn't expecting it. So oh, I was wow. like, okay, it's Friday. I'll just wait till Monday. And then I woke up and like, that was the first email I saw. So like, that was just a huge like sigh of relief of like, okay, obviously now I have to make my speech in full, but that was kind of how it played out for me. Um, for me, I, I was told by my mom, like, you know, you know, just do it if you want to be a speaker. And I was the type of person in high school um, and college who didn't want to really be a part of anything, um, like being a secretary or anything like that. So I kind of just did it, and I really didn't know that people had to vote for me. So I went <laughs> on the <laughs> commencement website, and they said, oh, yeah, choose your speaker. And my video was up there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, people can see my video. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't know that. Um, so I kind of just told my, like, you know, my friends and whoever knew me, like my clinical group and my program, like, if you want to vote for me, you can. Um, telling others, like, to vote for me was kind of, like, weird for me because I never, like, asked that before. Um, but ended up, like, you know, some of the students in my program ended up choosing me, and I guess they liked my video, and it was nice. I kind of got my email when I was doing my practicum at Children's Hospital of Georgia, so I just saw my watch, and I was like, oh my gosh, I got selected. So <laughs> I couldn't really show my experience for one of my patients, but it was nice. Well, like I said, I'm really excited. Uh, could you give us a little sneak peek of what your speeches will entail? I, um, I'd say for me, it's, it was really hard for me to narrow it down and then to think of like all of my experiences and to kind of condense it into like less than five minutes. And so um, I pretty much thought of the things that I've been through here at Augusta University and then think of the three best like messages or themes, if you will, that I could really just leave the graduating class. And so that's kind of how it's like done for me. So there's a little parts and I also tried not to... Um, mention two months of my experiences, but just think of how to take my experiences and give that as something that people can reflect on and say, like, okay, if he was able to do this, because like, for me, Augusta University was the only school that I applied to and actually got in. So um, my story really started from the beginning. So I think that 
just pulling parts to be able to, you know, have someone be able to pull from is kind of how I'm going to go about it. Um, for me, you know, in the graduate school, we all took a step to continue education. So um, I just wanted to emphasize how as a team and be coming from different backgrounds, how we all emphasize hard work in different ways, just in, instead of just an academic way, um, everyone, you know, emphasize something as hard work. So bringing that together and how we can be like innovators of the coming, um, you know, we're the coming generation of innovators. So emphasizing that um, and how taking our career path, we are, you know, we can make an impact on it has a positive impact on individuals. How do you feel overall that you've grown throughout your time here at AU? And are there any like specific moments that you can think of that kind of tied back to signifying that growth? I didn't mean to stump you off, but. <laughs> um, I'd say for me, um, I'm very appreciative of the growth that I've had here. And I think it's probably the best way I could say it is that I'm, I'm happy that I can look at myself as the 18-year-old you know, freshman that came in here and the 22-year-old graduate now and say that in a good way that it's almost like night and day where like um, I don't necessarily would consider myself a failure because my mom always told me not to call yourself that. Um, but I know just coming out of high school, this type of person that I was and the things that I didn't get to be involved in, I just kind of felt like a failure. So um, to kind of go from that into just being a part of a community like here, and even when I applied, I just felt like it was a home, like a second home. And so um, just knowing that if I had something that would happen, that I would feel like a failure or that if there was any experience that just wasn't the best that I could rely on this community. And so um, just being able to really rely on people. And like one of my themes is like just seeking community because like nowadays I feel like it's so easy to be very self-reliant and to just be very individualist. And, you know, I can do this on my own. I can, you know, get to this program on my own and do this, that, and a third. But it's so much more inspirational and like impactful when you can really rely on other people and i think that's kind of hard to do um but i just am appreciative once again of like the way that i've been able to you know put myself in second place and just like rely on other people and you know and flipping of that and also have other people rely on me and kind of just grow as a community like all together so that's probably been the most like telling story that i can really say um, for me, coming out here, um, well, to start off, I always wanted to be um, in this program, like in a nursing program. Um, so when I came out here, I really got to be independent. Um, I was, I live on campus, so I really got to be on my own. Um, you know, back home, I always have friends near me. I live with my mom, so I didn't feel like I had that independent feeling over there. Um, but when I came here, you know, it felt very different. Um, I got to step out of my comfort zone and meet new people. Um, and I feel like that made a big experience in, you know, being here in Augusta. Um, and I got to create a small family with my program. So, yeah. I'm glad you're able to have that small family, especially in like a short amount of time. 
Yes, um, we really, we could only discuss with each other. You know, it's hard to discuss with your friends and family about the feelings that you're ha having about, you know, nursing school because, you know, they may not ex have that same experience because they're not in nursing. So, um, and that's that goes with, with any program, you know, if you're in engineering school, you have different obstacles that you want to share, you know, yeah. with your peers. So, yeah, that's something that was nice to experience with my peers. And is there any advice that y'all have for fellow graduates that are about to start this next chapter along with y'all? Mm, that's a good question. My mind is flowing with like a bunch. I'm trying to narrow it down to one. What um, came to mind first? Um, I don't know how to put it into words or into like an actual statement, but that where you start off, whether that's like the starting of like a career, the start of like your college career, doesn't always necessarily have to be how you finish. Mm. So um, I started off for an example in the Jaguar Jumpstart program, um, which pretty much is like a summer program where you play catch up in a sense. Um, my transcript from high school wasn't good enough in a sense or didn't meet the requirements of being able to just enter in in the normal fall semester for my freshman year and so for me I had to come into that summer prior so for me that was actually like two weeks after I graduated high school I was enrolled here and moved in and we took classes um, about six credits worth and pretty much just you know got to learn about the community the university a lot of studying and um, inquiry like skills and so um, I just, even with that program, I was like, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, the most qualified person. And so um, just also understanding that, you know, where you start doesn't have to be your final destination. I kind of challenged myself for the next four years to kind of reinvent myself and not feel like uh, in the ballpark of a failure. And so that's kind of the, the main theme that's really been like my why in a sense. So, Well, personally speaking, from watching you... Uh in our interactions over the past couple of years, I would say you're far from fa a failure. So don't ever think that you are a failure. Um, but yeah, what about you, Nepali? Um, In my program, I've met a lot of individuals who come, who are, who are parents and their grandparents. And I'm over here, I'm like, okay, I'm not even anywhere near that. <laughs> um, but it just made me more motivated. You know, if they can do it, I can do it too. And we, you know, worked as a team. so. They always push themselves, and that makes me push myself more too. Because, um, let's say, if you make, if you like fail in some way, right? Um, you fall, but you can still rise even higher. So that's one thing I like to keep emphasizing: is just continue with your passion, continue with your dream and the goal that you have, um, no matter where you are in your journey. Because even if you have a have to take a small pause, a little break, that's great. You need that, um, and coming from my perspective, like I never wanted a break. I always took summer classes, and right after undergrad, I came here um, doing an accelerated program. So, emphasizing having break, relaxing, um, and knowing that you can still always continue your journey is something I like to emphasize to all my peers. That's good. Well, thank you all so much for importing a little bit of your wisdom uh, with me. I look forward to hearing your speeches uh, on f Friday and Thursday uh, for commencement. 
Um, and for all of those watching, please check out the ceremonies, but stay tuned because we'll be right back to keep our graduation conversation going. Hello, my name is Susan Davies and I'm your Vice President for Enrollment and Student Affairs. I'm so delighted that I get to talk with you today about Four to Finish. These are four aspects that we want you to incorporate into your life here at Augusta University in order to be successful. We feel like if you incorporate Four to Finish that you will be happier with your Augusta University experience and that you'll graduate on time. So what is Four to Finish? Number one, engage. We want you to engage both inside and outside of the classroom. Join a club or organization. Speak with your faculty member after class. Engage in undergraduate research. Number two, we want you to make purposeful choices. Make purposeful choices about how you spend your time, about your major, um, and even about who you study with. Make purposeful choices. Three is to develop your academic mindset. We want you to come into college and to be a student here at Augusta University with a growth mindset, with a mindset that allows for you to learn from others and to bounce back easily from mistakes. And number four is to follow your program pathway. This means following your curriculum in order to graduate on time, but it also means thinking about what you want to incorporate into your academic program to make it even more holistic for you. That might include an internship or student leadership. When you graduate from Augusta University, we want you to graduate with your degree in one hand and a career plan in the other. And four to finish, we'll get you there. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to In the Wild. And virtually, we have some very, very special guests joining us to continue our graduation season conversation. They are both CEOs, and I am excited to let them share some words of inspiration about all things graduation. So give a really big, warm general welcome to Mr. Rodney Bullard and Miss Stephanie Stuckey. How's it going, y'all? Awesome. Awesome. Good to see you, man. Yeah, thanks so much for being here and chatting with us a little bit. Uh, but just to kind of get started, do you mind sharing what inspired you to pursue your current roles and just like the positive impact that you've been able to make so far in your fields? Because you're both very accomplished individuals. Stephanie, please go first, my friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, I currently... Well, this is my forever job. I run my family's business, and what inspired me was the opportunity to revive my grandfather's legacy. Those of you not familiar with our story, my grandfather built his company during the Great Depression, and he sold it in the 1970s. It was out of our family hands for decades, and the company was six figures in debt when I had the unexpected opportunity four years ago to buy it. And my main inspiration is very simple. I loved my grandfather. I think the takeaway for those listening, whether you have a family business or not, is that you should do what you have an emotional attachment for, and you shouldn't just have a job, you should have a calling. And I know that's truly what I found, and I know that's what Rodney has found as well. Absolutely. Rayshawn, um, as you already know, Stephanie is a good friend of mine, and I've had the honor of watching her uh, really rebuild her business, but it, it is amazing what she's doing uh, over there. So very proud of you. And uh, and really, for me, I uh, have had a number of lives. I've been a federal prosecutor. I've been a JAG in the Air Force. I have been 
uh, senior executive at Chick-fil-A where I led and ran the Chick-fil-A Foundation and Chick-fil-A Corporate Social Responsibility and recently took some of the elements of the Chick-fil-A Foundation and Chick-fil-A that we were working on that were benefiting the community uh, and took those and formed uh, a new venture called The Same House. And so we, uh, I grew up in Atlanta, grew up in Decatur, Georgia, and I saw that Atlanta is a wonderful place. Georgia is a wonderful place, but quite frankly, every neighborhood does not have the same opportunity as other neighborhoods. And so uh, our effort uh, through the same house is to really assist nonprofits, is to assist communities, and is to ensure economic mobility. We do that through one uh, event called the Beloved Benefit, where Congressman John Lewis in 2019, in his last public event, uh, big public event, I said we're one people, one family, we all belong to the same house. And so this notion that we all belong to the same house is really a calling for me, uh, for us to be able to understand that in every way, uh, both economically, but also socially as well. Well, thank you both for sharing that. But And before we kind of dive deeper into some of your career stuff, what was it like when you found out the other person was also going to be speaking <laughs> at commencement? Well, I was very <laughs> I was very excited because, uh, you know, look here, those students who are going to get a chance to hear from Stephanie are in for a treat, and uh, and they will uh, they will learn a lot, they will be inspired, and they will go out and buy uh, Stucky candies and, stuff, <laughs> and Stucky pecans, and so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I was nervous because I know how good a speaker Rodney is. I've heard him over the years, and fun fact, we initially met because I really wanted Rodney to run for public office. And I used to be in politics, and he's way too smart for politics. <laughs> so he was very tactful and very kind and polite, and he said thanks, but no thanks, and you know, he's just pursued amazing things. But I know what a good, powerful speaker he is, and I guess I'm also very honored to be in such great company. And most importantly, just to have the opportunity to be inspired by all these students. I mean, you think about who goes to Augusta University and so many of them are first time college grads in their family or have worked other careers or who have really had to struggle financially to be able to afford a college education. And to me, their stories are just as inspiring, if not more inspiring than my story, our stories. Our stories, absolutely, yeah. with our question. And you know, when we think about economic mobility, we talk about that there are three ways that you can further economic mobility. It's education, it's entrepreneurship, it's employment. Uh, yes. And Augusta University is really furthering all of those things and, and the opportunity to, uh, to have a great education from a great university, the opportunity to get a great job, and the opportunity to further your career through entrepreneurship, which I know because I, I know the dean of your business school, that you're doing those types of things uh, as well and offering those types of opportunities and that type of tutelage. So congratulations. I'm super excited to hear both of uh, you speak at commencement, but can you share a specific moment in your career where you felt it really motivated you to become a leader and just an advocate for change in your respective fields? Stephanie? trying to think of one moment. I think the moments, it's interesting, the moments that inspire the most are the moments when you're at your lowest. And I think 
that that's part of what I'm going to talk about next week is it's often when we are where we think we're really low, we've hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is where you find the foundation on which you can build. And I don't, this isn't necessarily a moment I decided to leave, but this was the moment when I realized I could turn this company around, which was doing so poorly when I bought it. We were, we were six figures in the red and we had nine employees and our corporate headquarters was a double wide trailer. Nothing wrong with a double wide trailer. I come from South Georgia, but you know, it's not exactly what I aspire to as the CEO. And I had a very low moment where I pulled over into a former, well, it was the Stucky store. It's now a former Stucky store. It was completely torn apart. It looked terrible. And I just thought, this is, this is my company. And I sat in the parking lot and just cried. I, that was really my lowest moment. And then I walked in the store and it had people in it. It was filled with people buying product. And it made me realize that moment that maybe I, I couldn't revive the stores. It was, we didn't have the financing and there were many barriers that didn't make it a good plan forward, but we could sell product. And that's when I realized that was my aha moment. We can buy a candy plant. I was able to get the financing together through USDA loans, small business loans, and acquire a manufacturing facility in rural Georgia, right outside of Augusta. And that was our turnaround moment. So the point is those low moments are often those moments when you're so challenged that you figure out how you can you can turn things around. That's awesome. I love that. Thanks for sharing that because I can definitely relate in like low moments that I've had uh, being a somewhat recent college graduate. Like you're right, like those moments can really just set you up to be more resilient than you can ever imagine. Yeah, you're grateful for them, not at the time. <laughs> for sure. What about you, Rodney? You know, as I think about uh, Stephanie's story, I think about a story that was told to me when I was at the Air Force Academy in the military, and it was a story about burn the boats, and that there was this great army, uh, and they would uh, they would they lived on an island, and they would go across the sea to to fight other countries and they would always lose and they would come back and then at some point they got onto a foreign coast and their general burned their boats and that was the first time that they were able to be victorious even though they always had the talent always had the ability but sometimes you have to burn the boats uh, because it's only one way forward and so uh, for me the, the time in which I realized that leadership was very important to me and necessary and that it was uh, something that I had to be called to was really doing Hurricane Katrina. And you all, from your student standpoint, would not remember Hurricane Katrina. Uh, but Hurricane Katrina was a hurricane that hit New Orleans and Mississippi and parts of Alabama and Texas. And I was, uh, I had lived in New Orleans, had lived in Mississippi and was very familiar. Uh, and I saw that there was such devastation and there was such a need. And I truly believe that leadership is about solving problems. And, uh, and at that point, it was clear that there were problems that government couldn't solve. There were problems that a society couldn't solve and individuals couldn't solve by themselves, that they had to come together in those communities to do something to better themselves and to improve their current lives. So they had hit rock bottom, as Stephanie said. They really could not go anywhere but forward. 
but they also recognized that they couldn't go forward alone, that they had to do that together. So it took corporations, uh, it took policy, it took the military, it took everybody coming together really to solve those issues. And I also realized that the people in Hurricane Katrina that were impacted the most were those who could not actually evacuate. They didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't have transportation. And so even though that was the order of the day, they couldn't actually effectuate that. And so there are so many folks that need our help. And if in fact we are blessed as we are to have the resources that we do, it's incumbent upon us, it's our reasonable service to give back. Mm-hmm. I agree for, for sure on that part. As CEOs, both of you have a range of roles and responsibilities, as I can imagine. How do you balance that fine line of professional and personal life? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just totally admitted that after a while and realized it's more of an integration than a balance. I love what I do. So that gets back to what I said in my first remarks or answer to your first question. Don't just find a job, find a calling. I read a great quote from Warren Buffett and they said, well, what's the secret to your financial success and your business success? And he said four words, do what you love. So if you do what you love, it's not work and you don't feel like you're, you have to balance things. Now, having said that, I have a family, I have two kids. I, there's nothing more meaningful than spending time with my, my family and the people I love my friends and my my worker my coworkers i the team that we've built at stuckies they are people i genuinely like and when you spend most people spend about half their time at work so surround yourself with people that you genuinely enjoy being with and then there's not as much of a sense that you have to separate mm. and i also just make sure the time you are with people that you care about, make that quality time and it's quality over quantity. Just really make every minute count when you're with the people you, you want to be with. Yeah. Rashawn, I can't improve upon that answer, my friend. It really <laughs> is uh, everything that she said. There, There is no work-life balance. You just integrate it and you make it work. Uh, but going off of more work things, Rodney, you were actually able to publish a book. What was that experience like? Uh, it was a great experience, and, and I published the book. It's called Heroes Wanted, Why the World Needs You to Live Your Heart Out. So you can go on Amazon, you can get the book, Heroes Wanted, Why the World Needs You to Live Your Heart Out. I published the book in part because I saw friends who published books and who had a point of view and had something to say, and I thought that I wanted to also get out a message, and I wanted to really tell folks that they can be someone else's hero and that it doesn't matter whether you are a student or whether you are a CEO or whether you're a president, that you can always have the opportunity to impact somebody else's life positively. And so that was a wonderful experience in twofold. One, that I actually published the book, uh, and because that was something that, frankly, I wasn't sure if I could do, write a book and then get it published. And then the second thing is that people actually read the book. I was surprised about that. I thought it was just going to be my mother who read this book. And, uh, and I've been blessed that people uh, all over, uh, all over the country, all over the world have read the book and it's done really well. 
and uh, and there's the need for this message of, of empowerment, but also need for the message of connection uh, with one another. I gotta oh. read it. I read the title now. I know. I, I definitely gotta check it out now. Um, so Stephanie, I have a somewhat hardball of a question for you because it can be very controversial. Uh, do you say pecan or pecan? That is controversial. <laughs> <laughs> say it the other way. Mm -hmm. I will give the very diplomatic answer that my grandfather gave. They are pecans when you pick them, pecans when you sell them. Oh wow, I've never heard that before. The logic is pecans sound a lot more high-end and hoity-toity and so he thought he could get a better price if he said pecans. But what he really did is whoever he was talking to he would match what they said. Mm. So if they said pecans, he would say pecans. And I do the same thing. And I actually was talking to someone the other day who said, pecan. Yeah, so I'm like, whatever you say, I'm going to say it. Hmm. <laughs> I call it pecan pie, but I say pecans. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird. I do that to you, actually. <laughs> that, that's when, just left to my own devices. <laughs> 70% of Americans say pecan, according to a survey done by the Georgia Pecan Shellers Association. Okay. So most people say pecan. I actually have a map that shows regionally how people pronounce it different ways. So different parts of the country, Louisiana, they tend to say pecan. Okay. So different parts of the country say it different ways, which is fascinating to me. I say pecan, and that's... Pretty much everyone in my family and around town, for me, where I grew up, we said pecan. So it's very interesting that, well, now I want to see this regional map of who's who's saying pecan. Because if you just say it's 70%, that's, like, I'm in the minority here. So I'm kind of curious now about that part. It's good to be in the minority. You're different. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but switching gears uh, back a little bit, uh, have you had any mentors or role models along the way who have played a significant role in your careers? Well, question. Yeah, I, I will, I'll take this one. Uh, it, it was very important for me early on, uh, after having family members that just poured into me, neighbors that poured into me, to be intentional about seeking out mentors, uh, to write notes, to, uh, to seek out people and, and meet them and to write a list of people who I wanted to meet. Uh, and many of them have become friends and mentors. And, uh, and that, I think, is really something that, if I'm a student at Augusta University, that I, I would say, take that lesson to heart, that mentorship is really important. And at some point, sponsorship is really important. Mentorship is, I, I get pour into you, I give you information, but sponsorship is, I help you. Mm -hmm. And I help move you from one place to the next. I, I speak positive things about you to other people. And so we have to be both mentors and sponsors and to seek both of those. Do you have anything to add to that, uh, Stephanie? I'd just say that mentors are everywhere and don't feel constrained that you have to have a certain type of mentorship relationship where it's this more formal, long-term, structured mentorship but that you can find people who inspire you and it can be more informal and casual where it's someone that 
you just admire and you watch their leadership style. Mentors are everywhere. And it could be as simple as someone you admire, like Rodney said, and reaching out to them and asking if they'll have coffee with you. And I think, I know Rodney does this and I do this and so many people I know do this. If somebody asked me for advice, career advice, I, we all have busy schedules, right? And you make time for what matters. And I will always make 30 minutes out of my schedule to meet, it's usually young women, but I'm not, it doesn't have to be. I'll meet people in their career journeys who wanna have coffee and just get some advice. And so that's a 30 minute conversation. I, that's not a long-term mentorship relationship, but it's still mentoring and giving support and guidance and just letting them know there's a whole community of people out there who want to support you and want to see you succeed. Yeah. And I'll say this, it doesn't end uh, as you get older, you should always seek mentors. I had a, a breakfast with yeah. a, a friend and a mentor this morning. And so um, always be in the role of being a mentor, but also always be in the role of being the mentee as well. And uh, you, you'll get a lot out of both. I like that. And since you all are preparing speeches uh, for college students, I was curious if y'all don't mind sharing what were you like as a college student? <laughs> I'm sure Stephanie was very studious. <laughs> I went to the University of Georgia and I was on the five-year plan. I might just leave it at that. Okay. Say I had a very balanced academic career. Now, I was, I was very studious, but I loved being involved in the community. So it wasn't just campus, and I did a lot of campus activities. I wrote a column for the student paper. I had a weekly column, and I oh, nice. pray that those columns are no longer available. <laughs> <laughs> My parents still have them, but I I just dove into activities, and I was also very active in the community. I got involved in an organization called the Jeanette Rankin Foundation. Jeanette Rankin was the first woman in Congress, and she retired in Lexington, Georgia, and some professors at the University of Georgia started a scholarship fund in her honor, and they gave scholarships to older women, more mature women seeking an education who had had setbacks in their lives. And so I, to this day, I'm active in that organization. I started getting active in my late teens at the University of Georgia. So I, that was one of the more interesting things that I did in college was I wasn't just active on campus life. I got active in Athens, Georgia community. And there are still people in the Athens, Georgia community I know to this day I've kept relationships with them from, from those college years. And Augusta's the same way. I mean, it's a great community. So, you know, students aren't just students at the university. They are ingrained in Augusta and Richmond County, and there's just such a vibrant, rich cultural life there and so much to offer in the medical field, and I can go on and on about what Augusta has to offer. So to me, it wasn't just the college campus experience. It was that whole community experience that was relevant to me in my college years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Sean, I went to the United States Air Force Academy, which is a medium security prison. Uh, <laughs> so I got out as quickly as they let me. Uh, and so I, I graduated. Uh, and, and, and for me, um, 
college was really about learning how to be a leader. Uh, it was learning, and that's the purpose of the military academies. It, it, they're, they're leadership institutions. And so one of the things that I learned early on was what it felt to be a follower. Because uh, I got to the Air Force Academy and they yelled at me. And I was like, that didn't feel right. That didn't feel like what I want to have uh, leadership look like. And so by being a follower, I learned a lot about how to be a better leader. Uh, what I liked, what motivated me, what moved me, uh, what type of leaders uh, I wanted to emulate. And so the Air Force Academy was a lot of that for me. Uh, was active in the community as well, active in, in, I played football at the Air Force Academy. I did the mock trial at the Air Force Academy and uh, was very active in extracurricular sports and activities. But, um, but for the most part, I learned to be a leader. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, what advice would you have for graduates listening to this podcast right now on that next chapter of life they're about to embark? Ronnie, you want to take that first? Yeah. Um, I would tell them that they are more than enough. And as they embark on this next stage of life, it can be daunting, it can be different, it can be new, but they're more than enough. And to be offensive in their careers, to seek out opportunities, to seek out uh, mentors, to seek out things that they can say yes to. To, to work hard, yes, um, but to understand that they can, they can shoot for the stars and to do so, uh, and not to uh, just remediate back to, to the mean. And so I would tell them that they're more than enough and they can do great things. Yeah, I would just say, don't get discouraged. It's hard being out in the real world. I absolutely loved being in school so much so, like I said, I took five years undergrad and then I went to law school. And Rodney went to law school as well. I didn't want to graduate. I wanted to stay in school. I love the academic life. And it's hard out there in the career world. You have to deal with sometimes difficult people at work. You have to deal with mortgage or rent and bills and taxes and adulting is hard. And just don't get discouraged. Just Keep going and know you are not alone. There's a whole community supporting you, not only your work community and the place that you live, hopefully many of them will stay in Augusta and Richmond County, or you can come on over to Jefferson County and work for Stuckey's. <laughs> but also they're now beginning their journey as alumni. And I can't tell you how many times I've turned to the UGA network for support. And so that alumni network is strong and they are there to see you succeed. And so just don't get discouraged. And when you do feel overwhelmed, don't be afraid to reach out and know that you got a whole community of people who are rooting for you and want to, want to see you succeed and support you. Okay, last question before I let y'all go. If you had to give one word to describe your upcoming speech, what would it be? Mm, Stephanie, you go first. <laughs> kindness. I, kindness. I talked about kindness. I talked about, you know, we all have so many gifts. Everyone that I'm, and I love that I'm talking to the graduates. So I'm talking to people who have nursing expertise or physical therapy, business, I know all these specialized degrees. And so, you know, I was thinking about what is sort of a constant theme throughout all these different vocations that 
you're calling on people, no matter what your chosen profession is going to be, what is it that you really should be focusing on? And we all have so many gifts and use your gifts for good and be kind to others. Rashad, I'm going to use a hyphen uh, and put two words together. Okay. Giving back. Yeah. And I will, I will say giving back. Well, I'm super excited, as I mentioned before. Thank y'all so much for being here. And for everyone that's watching, watch graduation, or at least, uh, if you can, show up in person. So thanks again, y'all, for being here and getting us all inspired and excited. Thank you, Rishon. Appreciate you all.